Hello everyone, this is Caleb, your GM. A quick word before our show today. I wanted to let you guys know about an episode we put out not too long ago titled How I Edit the Podcast. If you're interested at all in what goes into editing an episode of Trailblazers, give it a listen. I detail everything there from exactly what I do to how much time it takes to what equipment we use to what programs we use. You'll find it very informative. Last time on Trailblazers, the party were successful at stopping Alarak from robbing the bank, but he evaded capture. Not long after Victor and Lanris' corruptions got worse, something magical happened. The Magical Mystery Tour, an interdimensional carnival set up shop in Kadesh, and the party enjoyed a night on the town. They got ready to fight in the battle square to earn themselves a fabulous prize based on how many battles they won when their first foes made themselves known. A swarm of bees. Will Victor finally be able to face down his literal nightmare come to life? What about the corruptions eating away at them? Can they finally get a meeting with the Master of Ceremonies? Find out this week on Trailblazers. All around you, leaking from unseen holes in the walls, comes this yellow viscous liquid. This honey is dripping all around you and it flows very quickly, even though it's supposed to be super sticky, right? And it just coats the entire arena. This honey begins to form into different shapes and then transform from honey into honeycomb. Eventually you find yourself inside a hive. You feel a rush of heat hit you as dropping from the ceiling at a thousand miles per hour is a column of lava straight in the center of this coliseum, this this arena. And it's hitting this vent so that it doesn't spread across the floor. It goes straight down. There's a vent on the bottom of the floor and it just all the lava goes down into there. And off to your side, uh, your, your eyes are drawn to as the this ringmaster dude's sort of playing everything up and he goes, ooh, this looks tricky. Let's see if you guys can get past this. Now, everyone can be a winner, and let's see how much you can win. Risk it all, win big. In this battle, you'll be fighting a creature known across many worlds as being one of the most annoying insects of the world. However, we thought, hey, what if they were a gajillion times bigger? And guess what? They're a lot worse now. Out of like one of these little hive things pops up a huge, huge, this giant bee as large as a horse and unusually fat with light brown stripes on its body. There's all these sort of dead bees everywhere, dead giant bees, but their skin is sort of crawling underneath it. Far off in the corner, surrounded by honey on the ground, is this lever, and the lever's got a big green button and a big red button, and right now it's at the green. The Master Ceremonies guy, he pulls the lever to the red side and the lava stops. And then he throws it again and the lava turns on. But when it stops, you can see a grate that you could walk over. And this grate is surrounded by more honey on the ground. You guys start on one edge of this arena. And he said, let the games begin. So right now, visibly around you are hovering in in the air. Four of these giant bees. One of the bees kind of near you that's dead on the ground. That's crawling underneath its skin. You hear like a little pop and a little crunch. And there's all these little crunches and pops as its chitin bursts open and swarming out. Out of this is 200 hell wasps and as they come out you hear the uh, ringmaster go "Ooh, hell wasps swarm boy having to go to hell to get these things i can tell you one thing when even the denizens of hell don't like these guys you better know to stay away it's gonna go first with lanris okay i heal 10 hit points i'm gonna take a four round action on the nearest uh, giant bee 30 hit 22 hit 16 and 14 
total of 50 damage. Wow, okay, you like shred it, but it's it's barely flying. It's like flying off of like two wings left of its four like wings. But it looks like you pissed it off. It's like when you shake a hornet's nest, you're like, oh, I guess it's paying attention to me now. Vic. I healed 10 points, and now I'm going to do a full round action on the one closest to me. 29? Hit. 24. You, you squashed this bug. There are three other giant bees kind of scattered about, and then there's a swarm that is, I'd say, like 10 feet in front of you. It just came out of a dead bee body. By the way, when you smash the bee, you, there's like just a couple people in the crowd, and, and you look over, and there's only clowns and Kentaro in the crowd. Really not, not, uh, Sarah or, or... Oh, of course, yes. Of course they'll be there, yes. Shoot the next closest one. Uh, si uh no, I rolled a one. <laughs> and then I rolled a 20. Hey, confirm. 29. Confirmed. 10. This swarm of 200 hell wasps. This hideous buzzing cloud of insects is comprised of black and yellow wasps with hungry red eyes. They just come over and kind of consume you. They go all over you. And they just fill your space. You can barely see. You're going to take 12 points of damage, and I'm going to need you to make a fortitude save. Hey, is that a poison? It is a poison. Hey, doesn't it get a bonus against poison or something? It does. Hey, that's pretty good. It's almost like Caleb knows what you guys get, and makes it so you can use your abilities and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure that's what you're thinking. Hey, usually it's not, but this time it was. <laughs> I actually did plan this. Most of these encounters to play to some of your guys' strengths. If you listen to our main good encounters, Christian, you would know that I like to make encounters. Do you think I listen to our own podcast? Uh, 19 is the fortitude save. Ooh. Is that with the bonus? Oh, 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 no, no, it's not. <sighs> Sorry, you needed a 20. It would be a 20, yeah. Fine, whatever you like, poison. Uh, however, the other bees <laughs> come over at you guys. They gonna be getting at you. Two going after Landris, one after going Vic. For Vic, it's an 18. That misses. Is it tries to stab you with its its tail, but it can't get through your armor. But like you feel it like pressing up against you. You're like, whoa, 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 hey, stop that. 13 and 12 versus Landris. Nope. Back to the top of the order. So there's two on me? Two, yep, two big old B guys. And the buzzing sound is like almost like it drives you insane. It's ridiculous. I guess the first thing he's gonna do is start shooting arrows. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna shoot at whichever one. Doesn't matter. One of the two next to me. Okay. 19. Hit. 35. Hit. 19. Hit. 11. Yes. Don't forget to heal temple. Thank you for reminding me. 62 damage to one of them. Jeez Louise, you butcher it. How do you kill it? Butchered. There's one right next to me, and before stepping away, I just put my bow like directly against its abdomen. <laughs> And just start pushing arrows into it. Without the, without the bow, you're just sticking arrows into it. You're like, why'd you come right next to me, dummy? It, it, it falls on its back in the ground and curls up into a little ball and then stops moving. I'm going to leave bird defending me and five foot step toward the lava. Granted, okay. I'm not five feet away from the lava. No, no, the lava is 30 feet away. And I know that because I knew you guys would ask distance questions. Yay! So now it's 25 feet. He knows something. For once. <laughs> for once. And then pass. Vic! I'm gonna heal. So I have this this swarm of hell wasps right around me. Correct. I'm gonna light up my null blade. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if this will uh, damage it any. 23. Uh, nope. You're swinging wildly with your blade, and it does literally nothing. It's like, oh, you may have killed two, or at least knocked them down out of the 200. You know, I don't know they're gonna get a uh, attack uh, opportunity, uh, but I'm gonna run. I'm just gonna run out of that. Okay, uh, good for the other thing for you is uh, swarms don't get attack opportunities. Oh, okay, good. So yeah, I run out of this. Okay, where are you going? Uh, the lava's in directly in the middle of the room. The lever is kind of to the left corner. You know what? I'm gonna head towards the lava. Okay, so uh, you're, you're moving 30 feet, but 
10 of that is difficult terrain because of the honey. Right. So you're really only moving with a mix of 25. So you're five feet away from this pillar of lava. So you're pretty much right, standing right next to it and you're looking down your shoes are just covered and stuck to this honey like a pad you put down to catch rats. Um, now it makes it uh, the swarm that decides to follow you. That's what I figured. Y'all gonna make another save after you take 17 points of damage as you're just being stung all over. 26. You hear one of the clowns go, Woo! <laughs> Props to that guy. You got two bees that are, well, one for Vic, one for Landers. I think the other one's gonna turn on Landers. You're both one. Oh! I'm dodging one. 28. Just gets me. <laughs> 12. No. 15. No. Okay. Didn't confirm a crit. 14 points of damage, and you need to make a fortitude save, son. This one's an easier save. It's one of the giant bees sticking at you. Is it a uh, poison? It is. I get a bonus on that. But wait, this music is totally being played right now. Uh, 25. It's, it's like a live band. Uh, you save. You know, it's a pre-record. It's like just going over the speakers. Um, <laughs> is there right, an animatronic cool. Chuck E. Cheese kind of thing going on? <laughs> oh, let's listen. This is we, we're, we're past the horror portion of the pot. All right, we don't need to. <laughs> Come on now. Five Nights at Freddy's the next encounter. Uh, top of the order, Landris. Top of the order to you. Top of the order to you. I'm gonna heal 10 hit points first. And I'm gonna try to take out another one of these things. 33. Hit. 36. Hit. Uh, rolling to confirm that 36. Natural one, never mind. 14. Miss. 20. Hit. 61 damage total. Okay, kill another one. All that's left is the one that uh, got hit by the laser gun. I'm going to five foot step toward the lava. And I'm gonna command Burr. You said it was a button to control the lava, right? Big lever. Big lever? Well, I'm yes. gonna have to Bird fly over and try to manipulate the lever. Okay, what's well, the fly speed of Bird? Uh, Bird has a, well, I want to say 60 foot fly speed. Okay, well, that's how far away it is. So fine. Double All right, check. you go over. Bird's over by the, the lever. 80 foot, excuse me. Okay, uh, but as soon as Bird gets over by the lever, a uh, sort of like membrane pops from one of these uh, sort of honeycomb. There's a different word for it where larvae usually reside in, whatever. And crawling out is another giant bee. It shakes itself off and kind of hovers in the air and looks at Bird. Oh, and of course, like the ringmaster, when the new bee comes out, he's like, ooh, looks like they have more friends that want to play. How many could there be? Let's hope it's not another one of those swarms. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Victor. No giant bee next to me? No. Just the swarm. Correct. Swarm is right up on me, right? The swarm, yep, it's all over you. First of all, I'm going to heal myself. Second of all, I'm going to do a power attack on this swarm, see if I can... Not a power attack, a full round action uh, with a deadly aim and point blank shot since they're right on me. You waste your entire round shooting into the air blindly and missing everything. Really? Yep. I got, I got nothing. That makes it uh, the swarm's turn. The swarm's on you already, so it's gonna just do this attack. You're gonna take nine points of damage, make a fortitude save. 30, son. You, in fact, saved. Giant B left attacking Landris. 25, my friend. 12 points of damage, make a fortitude save. 28. It wraps its little, man not mandibles, its little legs around you and just thrusts its stinger like right into your stomach. And it pulls out and you see little green drippings, but you, uh, you don't get poisoned. And it releases you. Uh, but the other one is going to attack Bird with a 20. Misses. And it's like, <laughs> I like the idea of it's like full force going at it and Bird just kind of goes down a little bit and it flies like into the wall and it's dazed and has to shake its head. Back to Lanners. I'm going to command Bird to turn off the lever. He pulls it and very quickly the lava stops. And it's all falls to the grate now and there's just this grate, which I know lava was just, just on it. You can still walk on it without hurting yourself. I'm going to attack the bee on me. Bee on me? I'd rather be on you. <laughs> I gotta kill it. 33. Hit. Uh, natural one. 15. Naturally, a miss. Two natural. I roll a lot of natural ones with this weapon. 
This weapon hates you. Uh, 26 damage. <laughs> I'm like, Vic, stand on the lava plate thing. I'm gonna move to the lava plate thing, and can I prepare to move once he turns that thing on so that it will get the, the swarm? Can you prepare to move? Yes, you can. That's what I want to do. In fact, I want to jetpack out of the way when it when it when he turns on the lever. Okay. That's Vic's turn. Swarm, gonna come up right on you, and now it's all over you. And it's like, hey, we've done this dance before, and I love this dance. My favorite dance to do, and we keep doing it. 14 damage, and probably don't forget to heal. I did. Poison, so make a fortitude save. 21. Jeez Louise! I guess no, no one's getting poisoned today! It's fine. Didn't work that into my entire encounter table. All right, B attacks, Landris, 25. Yep. Against Bird, it is a 23. Nope. 10 points damage. Poison. 20. Safe. The Order Landris. Audibly tell Bird to throw the switch. Bird throws the switch, activating your prepared action there. No! <laughs> and you jetpack away. And as you jetpack, the, comically the bees kind of like look up and go, ah, hold up a little sign and go, uh-oh. And then the lava pours onto them and you see them like just fall to the ground and a few of them try to escape, but there's like none left and you destroyed the swarm. But as I've jetpacked away, I like um, went upside down and my face is just dragging against the floor. <laughs> Great, I love it. Because I rolled badly. You know, uh, I looked at the rules. You only need to make a fly check for certain maneuvers, so just flying straight. Flying, oh, okay, never going, mind then. Fine. I'm, I'm as long awesome. as your angle isn't. I'm the rocketeer than, right like, now. Freaking 45 degrees or something. It's fine. You're doing cool. You're doing good. You're doing a good. I'm doing a good, Landris. <laughs> but here's the deal with flying. So yeah, so we, let's just let's get this out now because you might use jetpacks in the future and rest the battles if you do more. Uh, so it's pretty much just like a certain degree. I forget what it is. Just say 45. We'll look it up if it's really important. That you can just go and it's fine. Okay. And you can make kind of like big round turns with no checks and all that. And you can keep moving with no checks. The only time you need to make a check is if you want to like stop and hover in the air. Or like turn more than 90 degrees and stuff like that. Or do something crazy. Okay, I gotcha. Right. But just as long as you're just continuing, long as you're continuing kind of smooth arcs or straightforward, it's fine. Okay. Sorry for having done that wrong in the past. Okay. Uh, Swarm dead. Cool. There goes 90 hit points in one move. Uh, do 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 do. That was that was all in Lamarus's turn. Lamarus, you still got. Uh, yep, that was that just birds. You just did your bird stuff. I'm gonna attack the bee closest to me. Twenty-one. Twenty-one is a hit. Twenty-six. Hit. Do those damages that might kill it. None of the other ones were hitting anyway. Um, Fifty-four. Oh yeah. Do you want to split those between two different things? Because that might you might kill it. Um, the last hit was eighteen damage, so would have been twenty-six. Twenty-six would have killed it. Oh yeah, then send eighteen damage over to uh, the last one by bird. Sure. Uh, hey, guess what, buddy? Yeah. As you pop that bee in front of you, a swarm of hell wasps bursts forth from its corpse. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh no, the swarm's gonna go. The swarm's gonna go attack you. Okay, just moves in your square. Twelve points of damage, and you gotta make yourself fortitude save. Wait, this whole time I'm not gonna keep interrupting the battle. But the whole time this guy is like, he's, he's playing up to the crowd. He's like, whoa, look what they just did. Did they just kill that swarm? Did they just do that with love? Oh my goodness. These guys are crazy. 32 to my fourth save. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine with all your saves. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, that was Swarm Victor. I'm gonna heal. Okay, so there's just a swarm. There's no more bees. There's one big bee by bird. The birds and the bees over there, am I right, guys? Okay, I'm gonna try to get that last one, so I'm gonna hover over to uh, I don't think you guys heard me. I said the birds and the bees, am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. What were you saying, Vic? <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, I'm gonna hover over to the last one, land, and uh, hit and hit him. Does a 27 hit? It does. 
25 damage. That bee's going to attack bird again. Mm, 19. Gonna make it land, which is turn. I'm gonna have bird throw the switch again to turn off the lava. Lava stops. Uh, move action to move in under the, where the lava is. Okay, it's 25 feet from where you were. I'm sorry, 20 feet from where you were, and 10 of that is difficult terrain. Your movement speed is what? Um, I'm gonna jump over the difficult terrain. Okay. The uh, 20 acrobatics check. I'm gonna hop over the honey. I hope you're proud of yourself. I am. And then do you do a little flip? Do you play the crowd? Do you do a little flip and then do peace sign of the crowd? <laughs> I'm more worried about the bees on me than being a showsman at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you should try to be a showsman once in a while. I'm gonna take a move action to hop back, or a stand prepared action to hop back out when Vic throws the switch. Okay. Uh, when I throw it, or when Bird throws it? When anyone throws it. <laughs> he don't care. When that thing's thrown, it can be thrown by a balloon, a living balloon. He can wait to get out of the way of that lava. 11 points of damage. Make fortitude save. I want a living balloon. And the fort save is a 33. Alright, great. You guys are doing great, and I'm really proud of you. Vic. <laughs> I'm gonna uh whoop I'm gonna just do full round action on this thing and finish it off. Or try to. Twenty-nine hit uh sixteen. That's exactly how much health I had left. You killed it. You cave its head inside of its thorax. Okay. And that leaves uh you with the move action. Mm, where am I what am I close to? You're right next to the switch and bird and Okay, I'll throw the switch. Landris, you all y'all need to jump out of the way. Oh, I'll make another acrobatics check. You don't <sighs> I'm gonna. I opt to. 21. Okay, the swarm is consumed in lava, just like the last one, melting it into pieces of just wings and little chitons. And you hear uh, the music stop, and this victorious music plays off, and all the uh, environment around you kind of melts away into nothingness. And now you have to catch your breath, and you look around, and there's a crowd. You've gathered a crowd that's come and watched you uh, think, and you see... Uh, <laughs> of all people, Kataro's really clapping really hard, and he's holding the tickets that he uh, he bet money on you with. Uh, and he's clapping, and he's like, Woo! and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, we have a winner! Well done, gentlemen! Now you can end your run now, or you can go on for fortune and glory, and even your heart's deepest desire. What do you say? You gonna do another battle, or you gonna give it up now? Do I get half my hit points back? Yes, you actually, uh, a healing mist sprays in the thing and it almost kind of chokes you out. You're like, I can't breathe. I almost feel like I'm breathing liquid. And you guys are completely healed. You are not healed of any ability damage, just HP damage. You lose your fast healing. It's gone. I'm like, I'm like panting. <laughs> I do not look happy at all. <laughs> what do you want to do? I, I, we just got killed by lava. And like my worst nightmare, literally my worst nightmare. Beam. Ladies and gentlemen, if they continue, if they choose to continue, we'll be moving over to the main stage. Please get out of your seats. We'll be going over to the main stage. Oh, but it's what the a- main stage, Landris. We're gonna be on the main stage. What a what a, what do we do? What do we win with this round? You won't know your prize until you finish your run. Well, it can't be that good. It was just one fight. Maybe one more, but I'm not liking this. This isn't fun. You're fine now. Yeah, now, <laughs> now I'm not filled with bee poison. <laughs> Oh. This is supposed to be a fun day, Vic. I'm not you got, finding this fun. You got poisoned? Almost. Well, I didn't. I mean... I, I didn't succumb to the poison. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even get almost poisoned. Okay, let's... One more. Come on. And, and then and then one more after that, maybe. Are you enjoying this? A little bit. No, look over there. Sit, look how Sarah's looking at me. Oh, she is... Like, her, her love is renewed. She's like... It's one of those things, like, you remember when you kind of impressed her with things you did, and you could see that, that same glimpse. It's that thing, I think, when, you, when you've when been married for a long time, you don't get that all the time, where it's like, oh, man, I have that feeling of when we were dating, when I was infatuated with you. You can see that in her eyes. Look at her, Landris. 
<laughs> I look over at Kentaro. <laughs> An entirely different happiness, just filled with greed. <laughs> he's so happy. He's not even looking anymore. He's over-collecting money. <laughs> he's got a little visor on. Come on. Just try to have fun well, with it. Yeah, I'll try. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for enjoying the show today. Go over to the main stage to catch these guys or stay to the stage to continue to see some newcomers. Thank you very much. I'm, I've been happy to be your host. And you guys uh, move over to the main stage. When you get there, you can hear muffled uh, announcements and things uh, as you're kind of like in the screen room sort of thing. And then a gate drops down and you can walk in. You see Dr. Urizaj floating on this, this platform way up in the air. And he's like, ladies and gentlemen, our challengers. And there's a, there's a big crowd and they're all clapping. They're excited. And they go, and he kind of he kind of floats down to you. And he says, um, you know what, better than that, he actually takes his big top hat and he, and he hurls at you kind of like he would throw a frisbee. And as it lands, uh, are you gonna catch it or are you gonna let it fall down? Uh, I guess I catch it. You catch it and then he poof, comes out from the hat and you kinda have to let it go and he stands in front of you and he says, uh, Tell me, son, what's your name? Uh, Spencer. Ladies and gentlemen, Spencer! And everybody's, Spencer, tell me, are you excited? Are you having a magical time? I, I was until the bees. <laughs> if you thought those were bad, don't worry, it gets worse. You, son, what's your name? Victor Irons. Victor Irons, everyone. Woo! Guitar, you, she's like, he's getting more bets going. I got my hands up in the air. Oh, yeah, and you're like, what is that weird white puffy stuff that Sarah and Dolly are sharing? And a Slurpee, like a 7-Eleven, one of those things. Now let's go over the rules one more time. Each game, these guys get a harder and harder battle. And... With each harder battle comes a more significant reward. I have things set aside for my travels across the dimensions that are one of a kind, and those can be yours. But the grand prize, if you win every battle, all six battles, you will get your heart's desire. Ladies and gentlemen, do you want to know what their heart's desire is? And everybody's like, yeah. And he goes, let's find out. And he kind of gestures over to where there's this giant sort of tiki head. And the tiki head uh, kind of looks like it was carved out of wood or whatever, but then its mouth opens kind of straight up and down. And you can see inside of it sort of almost like a portal. And you see Vic and um, Sarah, and they're sitting kind of like they have a blanket out for like a picnic. And they're right next to this beautiful forest. And it's, it's unlike the forest you've seen before that have been dark and terrible. This is a bright, wonderful sunny day with all sorts of greens and wonderful colors. And you're happy and you kind of like, oh, kind of you're surprised. You turn around and there's a little cub. There's a little kitten. Urizash goes, well, isn't that sweet? I've seen a lot of these here in this world. A lot of you just want to have a family. A lot of you want to go back to the home world. Vic, is that what you want? Do you want to go back to the home world? Yeah. That can be yours. If you survive this onslaught of battles and come out victorious, I will gift to you the gift of a new life in the home world where you can have your family that you've always wanted. Ladies and gentlemen, isn't that sweet? And you're like, oh. I want to look over at, at Sarah and see what she thinks of this. She's like dumbfounded and cautious. And, you go, and then uh, Urizov turns to you and goes, Mr. Spencer. Let's see what your deepest desires are. And he gestures Tiki Head again, whose mouth has been closed since uh, the last edition. It kind of opens up again. Ooh, now this one. I've seen this one in many worlds. Ladies and gentlemen, take a look. And you look over there, and you're just playing cards. And you're just playing with Kentaro, which is 
not something you've ever done before. But that's not the focus. What's the focus is, is almost like the like a camera in the middle of the table and it starts circling. It sees you and it sees Kentaro and then it sees Stallion and then it sees Koba and then it sees Minotaur. And he says, friends back from the dead. Yes, yes, that's a deep desire of all of us. Who here wouldn't want to see some of our long-lost friends come back? Is this your desire, Spencer? Yeah. It can be yours! Today, here at the Magical Mystery Tour! And fireworks and things come up. You guys ready for round two? I know the audience is! <laughs> Let's have them spin the wheels! And the, and the big wheel comes up. The Wheel of Fortune. Spin away. Lannister's trying to hang back and wipe his eyes nonchalantly. Roll eight. I'm letting uh, Vic spin it. Eight. Ooh. Let's let's beef those muscles up, shall we? And what is almost like purple fireworks, but a sort of dark purple comes out of underneath his sleeves and it surrounds you guys. Get a plus two to all your ability scores. All of them? Yep. Both physical and mental? Yes. Wow. That'll sure be help, but let's not get too excited yet, folks. There is always, of course, misfortune that could strike at any moment. When it hits that, like a sour note runs out, and you can see there's a live band there. Like, duh. And the, you hear like a sinister laugh come, <laughs> and the wheel turns black with skulls. Roll that one for me there. Three. Dig, 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 dig. Ooh, you're gonna need those uh, superior agility skills now that you're gonna be moving and reacting a little bit slower. Minus 20 to initiative. Minus 20, all right. And let's see what we have cooked up for them. Let round two begin. The floor underneath you begins cracking severely and it turns to sort of like a crumbly stone and there's fissures. These fissures are not big enough that they're any sort of an impediment, but you can see now below you, and down below you, just a few feet below you, is a pit, a pit of acid, boiling acid. And you hear uh, sort of a, uh, a clanking as you look over to your left now, because you were looking down below you, and seemingly out of nowhere, now walking to you is this lanky machine, a rickety construction of glass tubing, metal, and wood, and would convey the brain and two eyes afloat in this figure's glass skull. Here, Oberzov say, this is an alchemical golem constructed by very intelligent engineers. And they've created these things to be so diverse, and with a, let's say, Explosive surprise. Uh, this golem is a walking alchemical nightmare, capable of inflicting all manner of painful wounds on its foes. Let's see how our adventurers fare against this. Gentlemen, begin! Roll your initiative at minus 20. Nine. Negative three. <laughs> I mean, you know, you guys are trying. <laughs> hey Vic, you're gonna be Lanners for once. Doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> he has had to roll a 19, I had to roll a 3. <laughs> Actually, his, his initiative's not far from mine. Then you hear Urizaj say, Oh, one last thing. And he takes his hat off and he kind of throws it and it splits into two and the hat lands on each golem and a new one manifests on top of his head. And you see, like, as this happens, a sort of prismatic energy kind of surrounds them and he says, these golems will be impervious to your attacks until one of them is destroyed. 
Have fun! Wait, what? Uh, you guys actually start opposite sides of the Coliseum. You sort of teleport. You just kind of, like, things go white for you, and now you guys find yourselves where you're supposed to start, right? Mm-hmm. You broke the place up into quarters. Uh, Landris in the north, Golem in the east, Victor in the south, Golem in the west. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before you ask me distance, you're 100 feet from each other and 50 feet from the Golems. First one <laughs> off is the Golem, surprisingly. With your minus 20, it gets to go first. Who would have thunk? If you want to know, it actually was very close because it rolled terribly. It kind of pulls out this little, like, it has got, like, um, all sorts of different mixes of chemicals in it. And it mixes it together and puts a little cork on it and then hurls it at you in very, like, clunky motions. And uh, it lands at your feet, Vic. 30. Yeah, that that hit. So it explodes doing 19 points of, roll a d4 for me. One. Of acid damage. It explodes, right? However, the ground beneath you, all these crags, begin to crumble right below your feet. You need to move by the uh, by the start of this uh, this golem's turn. That will completely collapse down into the acid below. So you need to move before the start of its next turn. And uh, the radius on that is 15 feet. You got to move at least 20 feet to get out of the way. Okay. Otherwise, you will collapse to the acid. The other golem throws at you, Lanris. Mm-hmm. 29. Yeah, that hits. 24 points. Roll a d4. Four. Of fire damage. And the ground <laughs> cracks underneath you. Now it is your turn. I'm going to move 20 feet. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to head towards the east one. 30 feet away. Okay. Okay. So you're just going to forfeit your standard? Yeah, I have absolutely nothing I can do right now. Okay. Landris. There's no, other than uh, these two constructs, there's nothing else. It's just kind of like flat, crackly right, this ground. Is, this, is, this is the most arena arena that you've seen, aside from the, obviously the cracks. I'm going to take a double move action and stand opposite Vic of the east one. Uh, and I yell, pin it in. Okay. Before I move, I'm going to have Bird pick up my, one of my smoke arrows. Okay. I did this a while ago, and he's going to carry it, go over the other one, and prepare to drop it. Okay. The ground crumbles where you guys were. And now there's less arena. There is 10% less arena for each of these bombs. So now you're only working with 80% left of walkable ground. Now uh, the golem right next to you is going to take its like syringe fingers and try to stab them into you. Okay, I'm going to dodge the first attack and move five feet back. 28. 28 hits me. 12 points of damage. I need you to roll me before. One. As the stab's thing, it ejects whatever's in its thing, and like uh, acid gets poured into you, a six points of acid damage, and I need you to make me a fortitude save. Um, 17. Oh, you just saved it. And it sticks its fingers back out at you, uh, back out. Uh, oh, it's no one. It rolls again. 30. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> great. 22 points of damage, and roll a d4 again. Uh, same thing. Four points of acid damage, make yourself another refu- uh, another two fortitude save. 33. All right. Uh, the other one, it prepares a bomb, and it throws it at you, and it, uh, do do Bird's action goes off. He drops it. Uh, 50% concealment. 29? Yeah, that would hit. He hits. 33 points of roll a d4. Three. Electricity damage. <laughs> and the ground beneath you and the other golem gets all craggly. And that is... Their turn, making it to uh, Victor. Right, the one in the west hasn't moved at all, right? Not neither of them have moved. I've got a grenade. I got one last grenade. I'm gonna throw the grenade not at him. I want to grow th- destroy the the floor underneath it. So I want to throw it in its general direction, right, right at the west, the one at the west. Twenty three. Explode and it bounces off this protective shell. However, the floor underneath it does become crackly, making it Landris's turn. The golem you're staying next to, Landris. Yeah. The floor underneath you and him. It's going to go, not on his turn, but on the turn of the guy who threw the grenade. Who? Which one of them goes first? The one next to you goes first. 
and then the one, the ground underneath the other golem, it will collapse at the start of Victor's turn. And I'm probably going to die. You taking a lot of damage? I have 11 hit points left. Oof. I'm going to have Bird come over and defend me. Okay. I'm going to try and tumble away from this one. I'm going to spend a panache point to use the Daring Do deed. 26. You get, uh, you do not go through without missing any attack opportunity. Uh, he gets an attack of opportunity, and I'm going to use my dodge thing for more AC, hopefully. 22. 22 does not hit me. He slashes at you and it like tears your clothes, but he misses. I'm gonna to shoot at it with my arrow and then make it, and then the other's gonna be a trick to make this an entangling shot. Okay. So touch AC entangling shot. Uh, 23 to its touch AC. Hit. Uh, 18 damage and uh, well, no damage and it's. Uh, in, I'm hoping it's somehow entangled. It is entangled. Okay. I'm covered in burns. I pointed at the other one. I'm like, Vic, take care of that one. Moves at half speed. Oh no. <laughs> Cannot run or charge. Fun, fun, fun. Cool. That's the end of your turn? Yes. Back to the top of the order. The one uh, right next to you, and it's like, work, 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 and it moves to get out of the way, but it can't move quick enough. It can't even get close enough to hit uh, Victor, can it? Nope. It's like, work, work, work. And it kind of looks around and goes, work, work. and the ground underneath it whoosh, cracks, and it falls in the acid, and you see it flailing and flailing, and it dissolves. And you look over at the other golem, and it's prismatic force field sort of thing. Shatters into pieces on the ground and then disappears. Hit the ground, Vic. So that golem's dead. Congratulations, you killed the golem. However, the other one's still alive, and it moves out of the uh, range of the destroyed ground. Oh, by the way, there's only now 70% left of the ground. Its move action has standard action. Creates another bomb and throws it at Vector. 32. Yeah, that hits. 26 points of roll a d4. <laughs> I have DR against roll a d4 damage. <laughs> Two. Of cold damage. Sort of ice shards come out as well as a freezing cold, that a biting cold, actually. However, that is the ground underneath you crumbles, crumble, crumble, crumble. And that is the end of his turn. Uh, I'm sorry, begins to crumble. It doesn't completely crumble. Start your turn. The ground underneath uh, where the golem used to be crumbles. There's now only 60% of the ground left. Yeah, I'm going to engage my jetpack. Okay. So I'm, you know, up in the air. What is that, a move action to do that? No, it's, don't worry about turning it on anymore. That's swift. I don't, you know, I'm, of course, Ulrizaj is saying all this stuff. And one thing he really points out is like, look how cute the little brain and eyes look. It has like googly eyes and it has my hat. It's adorable. Meanwhile, you guys are like almost dead and bleeding. Head over to it and hit it with my hammer. 35. 35 is a hit. 22 damage. 22 damage. Nice. You hit it and you crack glass. You see now it starts like spurting out these chemicals. And your hammer did get through its DR, which is great. Making it a little hammer system. I have 11 HP. I'm going to take out the nano gun and shoot myself. And I will heal for 22 hit points. Well, it was a move action to take it out. Yeah, it's a mo- standard to yeah. stab myself, I assume. Yeah. Okay. You don't have a special backpack? Uh, nope. You took everything away from us. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Golem's turn. I hope you have a good portion of health left, Victor. I'm alright. So you're right next to it now, right? Yep. It spins in a circle, and it's got like a jointed hip, so its hip is spinning, and it's got a jointed head, so its head is spinning, and it's got its arms that are spinning now, so it's like five different points of articulation. And as it's doing, all these bombs shed out from underneath it, and then it slows down to stop. And there's now uh, six bombs surrounding him. Uh, so they say at your feet and at his feet. It's like, rap, rap. And it is now... Why did he do that? Victor's turn. I'm going to jetpack away from him and then shoot at him. Okay. 23 to his touch. Hit. 14 points of electricity damage. The shock and it kind of shakes a little bit. The lantern's turn. I'm going to shoot it with an arrow that's hopefully an entangling shot. Okay. 22. Uh, miss. 
Okay. As it comes out, it kind of like swipes and breaks the arrow in the air. All right, it's turn. It quack, 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 move, uh, shuffles itself away from the bombs, and it's coming over to a lander, a Victor, and you're in the air? Yeah, I'm in the air. Hmm. It's doing like that little dog thing where it's like jumping up and trying to reach you, and it can't do it, and it's like swiping, swiping, swiping. And then, kagoom! All those bombs go off, and there's now only 40% left of your environment vector yeah i'm gonna pull out my no blade which has a damage towards constructs mm-hmm. full round action him 29 it. 24 yeah it's hit. it misses okay it's at 18 do damage 30 nice it is not looking great however it has an ability called splash because you're hitting it with a melee weapon you're going to take damage from it kind of spraying on you as you break its glass and cut its tubes but don't worry it's only one point of acid damage and one point of cold damage since you hit it twice. Little thing spraying out its tubes. Lanners. I have my bow in my one hand. With my other hand that I usually pull the arrows with, I'm going to pull out the uh, sonic pistol and shoot at it. To its touch AC, 21. Hit. 22. Hit. 14. Hit. And 3. Miss. Uh, 39 damage. Sonic, if it matters. The thing shakes the glass on its uh, where its brain is held, like sort of shatters, and its little brain falls out and kind of hops. And it's like trying to hop away, and then it just dies. And then the golem slumps over and then falls to the ground. The crowd goes wild, and this whole time, like it's it's actually kind of good that I'm not doing the Rizaj's voiceover things because you're so focused, you don't even hear them. You're kind of like just now again, oh, back in the thing. And Kentaro is not so excited because he saw how bad of a hit you took, but he's still happy enough uh, that you're safe and all that. And that's, uh, and same with Sarah. But Sarah's actually less worried and kind of more excited. Ladies and gentlemen, what a show! Amazing teamwork, using their own weapons against them. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah, they were amazing and cool. (laughs) Nick, I can't do another one of these. Yeah. Tell me, gentlemen, will you go on and try to reach your heart's desire? Or will you give up so soon? We have to give up. Oh, are you sure? There's so much more fun to be had. I got got too much stuff going on. I can't die here. Oh, disappointing, folks. Disappointing. They're going to end their run here, but let's give them a round of applause. (laughs) Well done, gentlemen. He kind of disappears into his hat, and his hat disappears. A clown comes by you and says, Sirs, would you please follow me? Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just trying to find some eggs at this Easter egg hunt. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Trailblazers, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Pathfinder Academy? Why don't you try some of our favorite episodes? One of mine definitely has to be the one we did on character death. That was a great one. It's always good to know how to handle big moments like that in your game. You can find Pathfinder Academy on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen too, so go onto our site, tblazer.net, for a complete list of the ways you can listen. So go ahead, eat some chocolate bunnies, exchange baskets of candy, grab some dice, and join us. Man, Christian, I can't wait to hatch one of these suckers and get my very own dragon. Caleb, you know these are plastic, right? They're just filled with chocolate. Wait, what? As we're walking, I want to be like, uh, Lambert, what were you doing pulling a Victor? What do you mean? I didn't- Running right up to him and attacking him and getting hit so much? I mean- So that the bomb would blow the ground up below him. (sighs) That's the only reason we took out the first one. I'm I'm trying to be more like you and you're trying to be more like me and it's- It wrecked you up, man. (laughs) You okay? Now I am.
I, I don't know what that spray is. I need to get me some of that. You you worried me, man. I thought I thought you were I thought you were a goner. Yeah, I did too. But we made it, and now we get our reward. Better be worth it. I hope it's yeah. I hope it's something good. Ten credits for the gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> you don't use them by today. Yeah, enough, enough. Uh, it like looks like a lot of coupons, but when you actually go to the redeem place, it's like I have enough for a couple colored Tootsie Rolls and <laughs> a crappy plastic ring. <laughs> he kind of leads you through sort of these these sort of back areas, through like these tents and stuff, until you get to uh, one of the largest skyscrapers in Lower Kadesh, but of course it's been converted into this massive palace. Clown kind of takes you in there, and he's like. You gentlemen did a great job. That was really thrilling. I haven't been that excited in a long time. Shame you guys gave up so early. Yeah, you seem excited. Oh, man, the next one's going to be really cool. There's going to be these blood things. It was going to be great. Has has anyone ever won the whole thing? Blood thing? Like, what kind of blood thing? Oh, yeah, sure. People with great stamina, great men have accomplished great feats here, and they had a magical time. He said blood thing. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like in a, it's in a bottle. <laughs> Mm. oh by the way um here you go and he pulls out like this jar and he hands it to you we like to give our players something to remember it by whether they win or lose they kind of like a consolation prize this is called royal jelly and it's really super cool it comes from those bee things do you remember the bees yeah yeah, I remember yeah the bees. we remember the bees yeah, those were cool. So these, these, this royal jelly is really cool because it makes you feel all better and stuff. Royal jelly, super neato. I'm, I'm changing it slightly from what it is in the book. <gasps> I want it to be cooler. For shame. Don't worry, it's better. It's cooler. Okay. It's more awesome. You heal 2d8 plus 5, and you get plus 4 uh, saves against poison and diseases, essentially, for one minute. Uh, you get five of those. And then we turn into a bee? No, that's it. If you were a larva, then you would turn into a queen, but I'm sorry. You're not a larva. <laughs> Maybe go back. Maybe the next the next challenge, the next uh, wheel of misfortune was you turn into a beam. See, you wouldn't know. Maybe it would be marvel. This guy takes you through this tent and stuff, and he takes you over, and you end up going on this elevator, and he's like, okay, I guess here we go, straight to the top. Now I'm moving on up to the top. Actually, I realize if it wasn't for the plus two ability score thing, I would have died. <laughs> oh, good roll. <laughs> yeah. You got, while you're traveling up there, you guys want to hear what the other bonuses were? You could have gotten the other good and bad results. <laughs> Caleb really wants to tell yeah, us. Yeah, go ahead. If you know, it's no, it's fine. Well, you worked hard on it. Go ahead. No, if you don't want to, he- don't pretend like you're not curious. <laughs> Good ones were you would have gotten half your health as temporary health. You would have gotten a plus three to your AC and touch AC. DR five that nothing could beat. Plus three to all saves and plus eight to your CMB and CMD. You would have a bout of good luck, which is ambiguous. Something good would have happened in your battle. Protection from elements would have been cast on you. An ultimate refresh, which is your abilities would be reset as if you had just woken up for 12 hours sleep and you would have gotten uh, any ability damage would have been healed or poison. Bad stuff. You could have gotten a, a 10 bleed that you couldn't fix. All your scores would have been set to 10. What? <laughs> I know, right? That would have been a great fizz out. No armor, as in physical, the wearing armor thing. All charges expended. That means anything that has like a battery charge or like your 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 rod of wonder that all would have been all charges are no longer are all used. Can't use them anymore. No magic items, which would like your sword and stuff would have just become its plain Jane version, and you would have lost your magic's cool stuff. Bad luck and vulnerable to an element, which would have been based off the encounter. So like this one would have been vulnerable to acid, probably. The the clowns was kind of like just sitting there with his fist in his cheek, just waiting for the elevator to go up. <laughs> Uh, where, all right, where are we going? To the top. Top of what? So you get your building, buddy. We're not, we're not going down, are we? Wait, we're not going down, are we? And he looks out the window. No, we're going up. Why do you have stuff on this building? 
what do you mean? The whole the whole city became the ma- and he puts his hands up and makes like a rainbow and says magical mystery tour. Uh, I mean, it's magic. <laughs> Why could he just like summon whatever our reward is like right there? You have to go a long way uh, to get whatever you want. You must be fun to be around. As much fun as you are. When we meet back up with the people we came in with. I'm a thrill. And after you get your prize. I thought our prize was a jelly. No, no, no. No, it's the consolation prize, brah. Oh, thank goodness. You bleed all that blood just to get some jelly. You bled a lot of blood. You well, did we bleed a lot of blood. Cauterized on the way out. Yeah. So you guys having a magical time? Is, is the bounce house fixed yet? Uh, it takes a long time to do it with a bicycle pump. Is there another one? <laughs> <laughs> he smiles at your at that statement. That's weird. It's like uh, in, in the Adams family values when um, Wednesday smiles, and it was like <gasps> that's like how it is. What a reference! Everyone, including myself, is sure to get. I know, right? It's not like I'm old. God, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Bing. Then you get to the top floor. Please follow me, gentlemen. And you go through. And there's these wonderful paintings all around. Except when I say wonderful, I mean not wonderful. They're of these like tiki hats, much like the one you saw that realized your 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 so-called heart's desires. And they're kind of sinister looking. They've got creepy faces. These are these are not like goofy, colorful. These are like dark colors, realistic paintings lining this hallway until you get to the end with this very fanciful golden door. And he opens it up, kind of opening up both these double doors at the same time, and then gestures for you to go in and says Please enter in, gentlemen, and you will receive your reward. Hmm. I'm a little suspicious now because he smiled in all the weird paintings. I'm going to attempt a sense motive on this guy. He's got to have, like, a, f- a fantastic bluff. Fourteen. You think he's sad because he's got a painting of a tear. You're like, oh, wait, no, that's just makeup. <laughs> is this Urzaj's office? Indeed it is. What kind of magic does he use? D- just have magical time, please. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try. Okay. Close the door behind you. And you hear kind of a tink, 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 tink of something being stirred in the glass. And you see there's a, a bar over there, like kind of in the corner. Urizaj kind of turns around and says, could I interest either of you into a drink? Is it alcoholic? Indeed it is. Is it magical? <laughs> Would you like it to be magical? If you could. It kind of sprinkles as if he was actually going to like sprinkle something, even though he hasn't picked up anything. And then you see kind of sort of a glittery thing kind of falls into it. I'll, I'll take a drink. Yeah. Of your offering. I mean, I had a pina colada earlier. Two of them, actually. But yeah, I'll, I'll take one. <laughs> okay. A pina colada coming up. And for you, sir, you're a whiskey man. Yes. And he mixes you guys up a drink. And while he's mixing, he's, uh, and he's doing it very well. It's like, oh, he's a mixologist. He's not like, he's not, he's not, he's not showing off. He's just like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. He doesn't have to measure. He, he's not, he's not grabbing like those fanciful tools. He's got it. He's got it memorized. He knows how much an ounce is. He got it. He doesn't need a jigger. <laughs> he's mixing it and he goes, impressive show, gentlemen. Disappointing an end so early, you were making the patrons very happy. But of course, I can understand. He finishes drink and hands them over to you as you hear like ice clinking in the glass of your, of your uh, whiskey. I understand, though. Certainly don't want to die over a game. Yeah, uh, got a, got a little close there. <laughs> That's what makes it fun, though, right? The taste of death. How do you know you're alive? I take a big swig of the drink. Well, of course, and he kind of, like, sits and reclines a little bit on... He's still being vertical. He's not reclining as in he's sleeping, but as in he's kind of relaxing himself almost as he would on a recliner and and kind of puts the drink in front of him and says, Well, I'm sure you'll want to be seeing about your reward. Uh, so you've... You won two battles, right? Yeah. 
Which ones? It was the the bees and uh, the golem, of course. Sure, sure, sure. I, I can get, whip up something for you. Something would be appropriate for that level of challenge. You did almost die. <laughs> kind of taps his chin. Yeah, he did. Almost die. Probably like finish my drink by now. He kind of gets up and he goes over to what is a small little tiki figurine. And he kind of takes out his hat and he puts the tiki thing into his hat. And then he kind of like shakes his head a little bit. And then he kind of presents it to you and says, go ahead and reach in. Go ahead, RoboArm. Fine, I reach in. You pull out a pair of perfect prisms held in place by golden frames and affixed to black leather strap. It's a sort of goggles. And he says, now that is a useful but challenging little magic item you've got there. I understand you don't have many in this world. Yes, this is a peculiarly magicless world. That's correct. You will find these goggles to give you true vision to see the way things are. I warn you, there are some things that you might not want to know what they really look like, but there are a great deal many things you would like to know. I just give you a word of caution. I wouldn't be wearing them all the time. Think of them more as a tool, something to use when you think appropriate. But if uh, the mind can't handle it all the time, you understand. Yeah. Oh, don't don't be too worried. You could wear it for hours and hours. I just wouldn't wear it. Uh, I wouldn't. Why risk it, yes? Why go through a third battle when you know it could be dangerous? But fear, fear not at all. Using them conservatively, they will do no damage to you at all in short bursts. Uh, these are true sight goggles. He goes, I have one simple request. By accepting them, I ask that you not wear them until the magical mystery tour has left. Yeah, I'm kind of scared to see what's under all the, uh, <laughs> all the glimmer here. Well, you know what they say? People who wear the most makeup have the most to cover up. Thank you. So, uh, you collect magical oddities everywhere, right? Across the dimensions? Indeed I do. Makes the, uh, attractions a little more attractive. There is, a there is one, although we don't have a lot in this world, there is one here, uh, right now. And what would that be? Well, I think part of it is in us, and I gesture to me and Vic. He leans forward and kind of strokes his chin a little bit, almost like reflexively. I don't catch your meaning. It's more like the uh, the pictures you had out there, kind of in that domain. Oh, the pictures. You were taking a like to them. Uh, that's a word for it I wouldn't use. <laughs> You're an honest fellow, aren't you? But there's something from another dimension, kind of like you, but it doesn't uh, doesn't bring fun. Quite the opposite, actually. Thought you might be uh, interested, or at least wary. I don't know how powerful magics interact with each other. He kind of sits up and uh, almost stretches, but he doesn't do it. And he goes... Something you should learn is when you are dealing with a businessman, uh, we have to, and he kind of saunters over to uh, the wall and is looking at different paintings and stuff, and he's got all these like sort of tiki paraphernalia all over the place. One has a businessman such as I, you get a lot of accusations, and he kind of looks over his shoulder back at you. And uh, I've been called a charlatan many times. Oh, many times in my life. If I had a nickel for every time I was called a charlatan, well, I wouldn't have to run the tour, now would I? Uh, but uh, one of the painful reputations that comes with being called a cheat, a con man, and things like that is you do end up getting wise to when someone's playing the game. <laughs> I can appreciate it. I really can. But, <laughs> and he kind of puts his hands out to the sides. I, uh, well, I see right through you. 
As he says that, you notice something only because he's walked so far ahead that now it's in your vision. Your shadow and his shadow are having a conversation. They're gesticulating and it looks like they're talking. And they almost like they're shaking hands and they're talking to each other. You, and it kind of points a finger at you and kind of almost spirals it, uh, are trying to intrigue me into your... Mm, it kind of makes another spiral with his four fingers together up in the air. A difficulty you have, and you want it gone, and you're trying to pawn it off on me as if it was some brilliant thing. <laughs> well, I do appreciate a man that would try such a bold maneuver, so let's talk about this. And he it kind of pulls up another chair. He's like, this guy does not stop moving. And he sits in it, and he goes, let's make a bargain. I'm not so interested in money, to be honest. I don't run this for the money. If I did, there would be a lot. There would change a lot of things about this place. There are other kind of reasons, and he kind of almost slightly looks over to to one of like these giant tiki heads, but he stops himself. But there are things I am interested in. I will help you. What I would like to know from you is how exactly. Would you like to be helped? And he smiles this wolfish smile. Um, well, I guess knowledge is power. Just want to know more about it. We're kind of fighting something we don't understand. So true. More true than you realize. You wish to know about what ails you. I could help you for a small price. Tell me, what do you know? What do your people know about souls? Uh... Not much, I guess. He gets up and walks over to the window, and he's kind of looking out. And now that you're looking, because he's looking, there, you know, there's that wonderful cloud line above, and there's these almost like pillars, these columns of sort of smoky light that occasionally just go fly up into the sky instead of flying out of the sky. Well, it's a mystery to us all, right? Of course, except for the higher beings. The gods have quite the handhold on it. But there is some... Knowledge I've been able to avail myself of regarding the nature of souls. You and I could make a small dealing. You're he kind of looks you up and down, almost kind of insultingly, and says, "Not making much use of it now. We make a little bargain. Oh, don't worry, it won't come into effect for quite some time. But when the time comes that you're no longer in, let's say, active use of your soul, we transfer." Partial ownership. What's that mean? It's complicated. comes with a lot of details that you wouldn't understand. And it's very difficult for even me to understand. But let's just say there's a time when you won't be needing it anymore. And it could go one way or the other. And I'll just kind of push it to the side. Push it to the one direction. What direction is that? The direction of those that would make better use of it. Don't do it, man. What exactly am I getting for this? Well... Lanris. Or would I be getting from this? I don't want to accidentally contractually obligate myself to anything. Well, Lanris, and he makes a point of elongating your name. And he kind of sits next to you, kind of gets close to you and says, I would tell you exactly what your ailment is, and I will tell you how you might go about solving your little predicament. For this ailment, he kind of looks you up and down, could be your untimely death. Look at it this way, live a longer life. And then the afterlife won't come as quick anyway. Or you could die sooner and then just gamble with the gods. Just mine or the whole thing? Oh, well, I think solving everyone's problems a bit beyond my reach. Uh, I haven't even begun to look into it, but uh, you are an open book. And you, and he gets up and he kind of saunters over to you, Victor. You, look at you. You've got a problem too, don't you? And he kind of like, almost like picks off of you a fleck of dead skin. 
And just kind of runs between his fingers and as it kind of dissolves and falls to the ground. How about this? He clasps his hands together and puts two pointed fingers up and says, I'll sweeten the pot. Both of you, I'll tell you what's wrong with you. I'll, th- I'll throw in Victor. I'll throw in a little bit of information on Victor. How about that? I'm sure that would make his wife happy, right? Make your sister proud that you did such a selfless thing. Gave a little bit of yourself for others. Oh, I understand your reservations. The soul, it sounds so meaningful. It sounds so powerful. It sounds so ultimate. But death is not ultimate, just as life is not. And souls, it's something you can't understand. Why bother letting it go randomly? Is what you want is more chaos in your life? Is that what your life experience has taught you? That Lanris needs more chaos? If a soul is such a small thing, why do you want it? <laughs> it's the same thing as money, my good Victor. Money can be so small, but in the right hands you can make so much of it. Or in other people's hands. People who deserve the money earn the money. To be who it rightfully belongs to, of course. Squander it or buy petty things that are here today but are gone tomorrow. I'm a good investor. Lanris, <clears throat> you're not really thinking what? about it, are you? I'm thinking in general. Was it going to profit you to gain this knowledge but to lose your soul? I mean, it's not. Think of how proud your family would be of you, Lanris. I, I have to think about it. Well, I hate to rush you, but this is... I'm going to have to declare this a one-time offer. I'm a very busy man, and we're only here for a limited time, as I'm sure you've heard ad nauseum. You walk out that door, my offer will unfortunately have to walk out with you. Let me ask you a question. I, I probably grabbed, like, a, a bottle of whatever he was mixing by now. <laughs> what if I could give you something? I could turn this thing that appears so much as if me I'm taking something. What if instead I gave you something? What if you and your tiger friend what if i could guarantee that in the afterlife both of you when he brings his two pointer fingers from his two hands together would be together what if i could guarantee you that you'll both go to the same place wouldn't that be worth it life is so unsure for all you knew you could have died today to a golem filled with chemicals and a pit of acid and who knows what'll sail you tomorrow when has your life ever been sure mr meleus why not grab onto a sure thing it's not a sure thing, and I'm not damning Kentaro along with me. Oh, what a harsh word. Damning is such a foreign word. I see now how you're viewing this. I'm not damning you to some dark god to twist your soul in all time. I'm just giving you a little nudge in a different direction. Tell me, would you rather risk where your soul would go on your own merits? Yeah, I think I will. Oh, Mr. Malleus, it's quite a disappointment. I think we'll figure it out on our own. Tell you what. One final offer. It's a different offer. I, uh, as much as value is not my goal, it is, of course, an unfortunate need. What do you call those things? A necessary evil? I do need it to make my operations go, and the battle square is the very best place I make my money, and I made a fair bit off of you, too. Participate in one more battle, and I will reward you with the information you desire to know. What say you to this? I see you won't slide with your soul, but what about just a little bit more of your time? And of course, we can both walk away, wealthy men from this. You make bets on yourselves. You collect some wonderful currency. I make money off of the bets everyone's making. It's a win-win-win. I look at Vic. I don't know if I want to know that bad. You almost died before. And you, Victor, almost died yesterday when your kidneys gave out. And two days before that, when your heart gave out. How much more of you is left to give out? 
feeling you're on borrowed time, perhaps it would be rather useful to know what's going on. I know I'd be darn curious if I were you. Oh, be ashamed to have to look back up on your back from that bed to look at that sad face once again. I know you never want to see that again. You've had to see it twice. Isn't that too much in one lifetime? What do you think, Glanners? I really don't want to. How do we even know we're going to be able to do anything with the information we get? Well, as you said, knowledge is power, and step one of fixing anything is knowing what's wrong. But I'm no miracle worker. I can't, I can't <laughs> make you smarter men. You'll have to do with information as you're capable of. Kind of saunters back up to you and kind of holds you guys by your shoulders and looks at you guys and goes, but I have two intelligent men standing before me. I don't think I'm throwing my pearls before swine. Oh, you don't have swine people here, do you? That wasn't unsensitive, was it? I, I don't know. I, I don't think I could do another one, Vic. Okay. What's just one more battle? Just a little more blood to be shed, this time on your terms, instead of random men dressed up as cops with grenades. Yeah, I can handle cops with grenades. Putting you in a position where you can do nothing but decide to pull a pin yourself and take out a bunch with you in a fiery crash. Don't you dare. The guy puts his hands up. I, da- I dare nothing. Um, we better go. We got people waiting on us. Yeah. Very well. Quite the shame. Well, I do hope you enjoyed your well-earned prize. And he kind of gestures out to the door. <clears throat> we won two matches. Is this all we get? <laughs> <laughs> you are quite the tenacious fellow. Yes, that is all you get. You seem to look at things with such strange perspectives. You could have gotten something rather less. No, no, I appreciate it. I just thought maybe Landris would get something too. Uh, it's fine. Well, it's both of yours. It's kind of like winning an award. I quickly pour myself something and drink it. <laughs> Thanks for the drink. So, uh, yeah, we'll just show ourselves back to the elevator. Nice meeting you, I guess. Enjoy your time. Have a magical time. And as he, like, says that, the door opens up, presumably for you, but it becomes very clear that it's not for you as there's a clown. And he actually, it's not a clown. It's one of the, uh, like, um, the ring masters. And he's like, um, a, a, a word, um, doctor. He kind of gestures him and says, bye, gentlemen. And the door closes and you can hear kind of like mumblings. On the other side of the door. Ooh. I'm gonna try listening, because I'm super suspicious that it was something with red. Okay, a uh, perception check. He wouldn't have happened to have been an elf, would he? He was not. He was very much a human. 19. You can't cannot appear. roll over a 5. I rolled a 23. Okay, you, you hear mufflings and stuff, and you hear uh, sort of bits and pieces from this conversation. Sir, an eldritch presence has been detected. An eldritch presence has been detected. Now... There's many things you could have said. You could have said an eldritch creature has been seen. You could have said there's an eldritch influence about. But you said an eldritch presence has been detected. I wonder if you chose your words carefully. Yes, sir. I chose my words very carefully. I did not say an eldritch creature. An eldritch presence has been detected. Get the word out. We're closing up shop. We're leaving by the morning. I want to start packing up. Yes, sir. Let's go. Yeah. As the door, your elevator closes, the double doors open, and that ringmaster comes out, and you guys start going down. What's an eldritch? So you guys have a good time, and you guys are spooked because oh. the, the clown guy was like, behind <laughs> I hit him in the face. Have a, oh, come on, bro. Oh, I heard this about you. I should have known to dodge. So, sorry, oh, guy. Man. I Oh, man. Oh, I got to redo my makeup. Yeah, it's on my fist. Well, never mind. I don't have any questions for you anymore. <laughs> So we take a really awkward 
trip down. Yeah. You get to the bottom and you're let out. I have a magical time. Oh, man. This, this is... I'm sorry, Vic. For what? I'm a coward. As much as I want the cure to whatever is got us, I don't... I didn't like that guy. I didn't trust him. And I I didn't want to do it either. It's okay, man. We'll, we'll find the answer. I hope so. We have um, something to go on. What? Eldridge. What's, what's that even mean? I don't know. But, I mean, isn't there libraries or something? We can we can look it up. Maybe. We can, you know, search engine it. Let, let's find everyone. Yeah, let's go. Hey, Brian, you want to play role-playing games tonight? I can't. My body's trapped in this strange membrane. Wow, should I take you to a doctor? Nah, it feels really good. Just put my earbuds in. No, that's just wrong. But here at Tales from the Lich, we're all right. When you can't play, listen. Talesfromthelich.com <sighs> That's just wrong. They're waiting for you outside the battle square. There you guys are. Sarah runs up to you and says, you okay? I just the last pull her close to rough. me and just hug her. I'm fine. Kentaro kind of slugs in his shoulder and goes, look what you earned us, buddy, and holds up a bunch of credits, uh, credit chips. Oh, I... <laughs> I thought I would have lost you money. Lost you money? You won! How much did you get off of us? I mean, was, uh, we don't have the talk details. <laughs> um, good. Okay, that's at least something that happened. Why? Was your prize not cool? Did you get to meet uh, the ringmaster? The, I'm sorry, the master of ceremonies. We met him. Uh, yeah, it was... Let's let's do something else. All right, just... hey, why don't we head over to the zoo? No, 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 no. Let's no, just... No? Let's go home. Go home? We lost extra money. Let's go gamble it. They got a casino. I just want to go home. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's been a tiring day anyway. I'd take his hand. I kind of grasp it really hard. All right, yeah, let's let's go home. If we can, no, do whatever you want to do. I just uh, I just want to get away from Battle Square. All right, yeah, well, let's just let's go home. We can always revisit this later, right? I think it's limited time only. <laughs> oh, boy. You've read the billboards, I say. I think it's going to no, be let's, sooner. Let's, let's find something fun. I want to do something fun. Let's do something fun. Okay, all right. They got a circus. Yeah, we didn't see the circus yet. I'll, I'll go see the circus. Yeah, they say that's where Uzaj spends most of his time. So we'll get to see him MC. He was pretty... You should have heard all his commentaries when you guys were fighting. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they were great. Yeah. yeah let's go. Uh, I guess we'll see you guys later. Y- yeah. And Dolly's like, yeah, I'm, I'm heading home too, guys. Y- y'all have fun. Be, be careful. The uh, the clowns keep sneaking up on you. <laughs> no, we don't, sir. Ah! Oh, oh, my face! <laughs> what? <laughs> Alright, on your walk kind of home, Dahlia splits up. She's going to go stop somewhere else first. Uh, Sarah says to you, what's wrong? What do you mean? I have not been married to you this long to not know when there's something about Oh, that guy. He just made promises and but wanted too much. The price was too steep. Price for what? To find out what's wrong with me and Landris. She kind of stops you and says, we can find ways to pay for it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I've, I refuse to do it so far, but... We can ask mom and dad. They don't want to hear you from you. They they abandoned you. You. I know, but if it means whether or not you're going to keep wasting away in front of me, I'll find out. I'll pay this Urizaj how much he wants to be paid. No. How much is it? A soul. A what? I don't know how much that's worth. It's priceless. No, we we can't pay him. He's going to be gone tomorrow anyway, so. Well, and she kind of starts walking with you again. You did really good in the battles. 
I kind of was hoping to see you fight some more, but I'm, I'm glad you're safe. It was, yeah, it was maybe a little bit too much. More than we could handle. You should see how excited Kentaro was when you won. Well, he made a lot of money. Yeah, I think he was rather irresponsible with his bets. You saw... Did you see? See what? My... The thing I want most. Yes. It was beautiful. She's like... This is maybe one of the most genuine smiles you've ever seen on her. I know we don't have the right to know what another person thinks about you. That's the thing. People get into so much trouble because they think they have the right to know what other people think about you. But it is nice when you get the occasional glimpse and to know that that was your deepest desire of your heart. Yeah. But judging by how tough that battle was, I don't think... I'm guessing not a lot of people ever got their deepest desire. I think that guy's more promises than anything else. I, I didn't like him. I didn't like him at all. Hmm. Well, you've always been a good judge of character. Yeah, I hope so. What's up with me? You must have had a lapse in judgment when you decided to marry me. <laughs> I think I think it was the other way around. I think, uh... <laughs> I mean, you gave up so much for... Oh, listen, wait, seeing you fight again reminded me of some of the things that first attracted me to you. We'll figure it out. We will. Together. Landris, he was so close to... I think he was really going to do it. I'm glad he didn't. <sighs> that thing's still uh, still a funnel cake. Yes, yes it is. My good buddy Landris. Mm-hmm. You guys go to the... to, to the Circus? Yeah. Cirque del... Urizage? That went well. I smell like booze. <laughs> I'm not really saying anything, and I'm just kind of really tightly gri- gripping his hand. As you get in there, there is what you would expect to see in a, a circus. Daring feats of acrobatics that are all magically enhanced to do things that are impossible in our world. And then, of course, the parading of fantastical creatures and clowns doing funny little sketches and things like that. As you kind of sit down, you, you're actually kind of in, kind of like in the back. Guitaro uh, looks at you and says, you did a good job out there. I mean, it was, it was rough going at certain points, but uh, you nailed it. <sighs> I wouldn't say I nailed it. Um, kind of barely got by. I have a feeling that's what you got to do with those things. They're not going to make it easy. How much uh, how much money did you get? Let's just say I don't need you to be my sugar daddy forever. <laughs> I can I can help pay the rent. Good. We're, we'll need that. Is, is he getting into a cannon? Uh, it does look like he is getting into a can. I mean, can you really survive? <laughs> Whoa! Is that, you think that's fake? You think that's all like illusions? Maybe. I don't know. I hope not. Why is a donkey getting in with him? In the cannon? That's, it, there's three donkeys now. I don't understand <laughs> what's happening. You came in, look a little rattled. Post to fight adrenaline. Hmm. Oh, so show the goods. What'd you get? What was your prize? Oh, um, Vic has the, the actual prize. It was a um, pair of goggles that let you, when I do air quotes, see things the way they really are. Mm. So hopefully that'll... Oh, so if I put them on, I'll see that your skin will turn yellow. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Nothing. <laughs> Is it probably to be just your belly, I guess. I actually, like, my head goes down at that. He puts his finger on your chin. Just a joke, man. <sighs> Don't he start listing off the things I like about you again? If you could, it'd help. <laughs> uh, you were just so high maintenance. I kind of smile. I mean, I, seriously, I have to literally do maintenance because you have a robotic ear. I have to get parts, replace screws... How do you uh? How do you think I'd look with a with a nose ring? A nose ring? Yeah. He kind of his face kind of gets pretty serious and he goes, "I think you look pretty cool with it." And I think that's a, a pretty cool idea. No, I didn't. We didn't really tell you everything that happened in the archives, at least not in detail. There was at one point me and Victor were both grabbed by these. I I, I couldn't describe them if I tried, but they were gonna kill us. And Koba had a she had her death ray thing and. You know, I got I got this thing off me enough to, to tell her to use it, but I saw Vic on the ground and you know, covered by something, and 
I told her to, sh to save him, and I just kind of accepted the fact that I was gonna die there. But but Tar pulled me out. He he cut me free, and he saved my life. And I I owe him everything, and I couldn't even. And I gave up on fight two. He brings you in real close for a consolatory hug. He was a good guy. He was a thick, meat-headed, dumb guy who hated to let anyone know he cared, but he did. I never got the chance to pay him back. I, I did, and then I threw it away. You did? Didn't you see? In the tiki head? Oh, that... I can't do anything right. Oh, I'm like crying into his chest. He's like rowing your back and the back of your head. The only thing you can't do right is figure out what you can't do right. <laughs> that, it was, <laughs> it was magical what he was offering you. But what you had to go through, what was it, six battles and you barely survived two? It's the worm on the end of the hook. No one, no one can blame you. But, and he rubs your back. I guess we're the best at blaming ourselves. I don't think Tara would have quit. If he could have left the archives, I'd, I think he would have stayed. That's because Tara's an idiot. <laughs> I laugh at that. He literally, he literally died because he didn't quit. He could be here with us today if he didn't do that. So let's not, let's not take that as the shining example. You would have went on to battle three, maybe you would have won four, maybe. Five, you would have been dead, and Tar still would have been dead. I wouldn't have let you go on with it. Uh, he kind of like takes you off of him, turns you around and goes, you're missing the show. I, I can't believe how many clowns are fitting into that vertebrate. <laughs> and look, these clowns actually have bright colors on. You, you are, they kinda, these, are these right clowns? You're, you're backing on Tar pretty hard. Are you jealous of the only guy with bigger muscles than you? Listen, that has been a sore spot ever since I met Tar. Ever since I joined that organization. It's the reason I didn't want to do arm wrestles anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe if he was still around, I'd uh, steal some glances at him. Oh yeah, well then I would, uh, it kind of like makes a fist. He goes, well, I would have done a little more than arm wrestling you. <laughs> I try and watch the rest of the circus with Kentaro. All right, watch it with you and he's real close to you. He yawns, puts his arm around you. I mean, I was just yawning. It happened to be the place to put. He goes, oh, I gotta show you this thing we found when we were watching you. It's, it's called popcorn and it's delicious. It's all right. It's it's like empty. It's like I'm eating air. I know it's great. I could, I could have I could have just buckets full of this. <laughs> Better not eat buckets of it. Why would you uh, would you leave me if I got a belly? Oh, if you were tubby, forget it. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> well, if your ear wasn't all messed up, I would leave you too. <laughs> the music abruptly stops. Here, the ringmaster say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to inform you. And by the way, it's not Ulrizaj. Ulrizaj never showed up. Uh, so there's another guy. He goes, uh, sorry to inform you that the magical mystery tour will be closing soon. Please grab your things and make any final purchases. And thank you so much for your patronage here at the magical mystery tour. Guess we should get going. Yeah. Uh, he drops the popcorn on the ground. Somebody else. Will be there. Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> and he goes, darn, I wanted to see the parade. They're at, they have these really awesome dancers, uh, kind of like cheerleaders sort of kind of thing. When you were fighting, so I would have loved to see some like parade dancers. That would have been cool. Oh, well. Yeah, I think they're uh, I think they're closing it up early. Hmm, I wonder why. Not making enough money off of all these adults with their kid-oriented programming. I think they found out about the... Uh... Upside down tree. As you say that, he kind of like almost makes emotional. Like, wait, don't say it's all that. Which, if he's scared of it, then I don't know what we're gonna do. Well, hey, maybe you can help us fight it. Frown, shake my head. And he walks you home on your way back. Oh, is the bounce house pumped up? Yes, it is. It's fully functional. But as soon as you get to it, the clown walks into the building. You see all the clowns are walking into the buildings, pushing their carts and stuff into the buildings. And everything starts retracting from the bottom up. 
reverting to the dark, dank city. And it all goes up into the sky and the sky begins to swirl and it's a vortex and it sucks everything up and it goes faster and faster. And then a blink of an eye and a great flash, it all comes just roaring to the center, including the clouds in the sky, and then it vanishes. That Whoa, that was okay. Um, I'll have to remember all those flavors. And almost immediately, your heart that was so elated with the mystery and the joy of this new magic falls back to the sorrow of the dark city. Well, I guess Dahlia will figure out whether or not her couch has a bite out of it. <laughs> All right, you guys go home. When, like, I walk in our door first, and, like, as Kataro's walking in, I, like, immediately turn around, like, push him into the door. And I, like, put a finger, I get real close, I feel like a finger up to his face, I look angry. If you were trying to make me jealous with that Dahlia crap, it was working way too well. He kind of puts his hands in the air, and he's not laughing. He goes, what do you mean? I, I kiss him. <laughs> uh, we're, I guess we're just laying down. I just kind of turn to look at him, smile at him. Do you, do you remember that time we uh we moved in together? Uh, You mean yesterday? What? Not like forever ago. It was definitely yesterday. Between now and then, uh, I think we shopped. We ate something called a hot dog that wasn't a dog that we made clear. You fought some things, and then came to King Towers. You left all the fun stuff, like the bounce house. And turning into a frickin' fish. <laughs> Look, we, uh, we already grew old together. <laughs> well, technically, you just grew old. You were already old. <gasps> How dare you? You should respect your elders. You can't talk to them like that. <laughs> now I can, apparently. What else is there left to do? I love you, Kintaro. His, like, whisker twitches. Landris, I love you, too. Sorry it took me so long to... To say it. Boy, if I knew all it took was a tower made out of funnel cake, I would have started building a week ago. <laughs> <sighs> Lanris, I've been I've been waiting 118 years to hear that. I smile really big. I didn't get to hear it from my parents. Instead, I was just given away. I didn't get to hear it from my adopted parents. <laughs> I, brother and sister, said it together like no brother and sister ever should. This is my first real taste of... How it should be. He gets up and he walks over to the win- one of the windows you have. And he's looking out on the city. His powerful form is silhouetted in the bright lights that are projecting into the room from the city. I get up and go stand next to him, take his arm. His tail starts to kind of sway playfully. This all feels so right. <sighs> Got a lot of time to catch up on, so I guess I'll have to start stay- saying it a lot. Weird, isn't it? How things work out. All this bad stuff, how to happen, just so that... You and I could be right here at this moment, standing in front of this window at this time. Are you sure the window's a good choice? <laughs> Unless any vertebrates decide to come up 200 and some odd stories and park in front of our window. I was so scared I wouldn't make it here. And I realized I wanted to tell you. I, that's why I gave up on the fight so easy. I didn't want to die before I got to tell you. Like half of his face smiles. You didn't have to. You know you would have kicked the butt of whatever was coming out next, though, You right? <laughs> I mean, needs to be, I would have jumped down there and helped you. You know, if it, if it got my back, he's all right sometimes. Yeah, all right sometimes. Is that how you define better than you in every way for both of those battles? <laughs> hey, wait. I killed all the, I killed all the bees. Hang on. I was keeping count. I no, killed No, no, no. Bird killed all the bees. Bird did more work than you. Oh, no. No, no. The, the swarm is one bee. That doesn't count as every single one. And I told I told Bird what to do. I think it counts as 200. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I killed thrice more than Vic. I don't know. I remember you running away like a little scaredy cat while Vic was smashing some golems with some hammers. I'm sorry. I did a neato flip to get away. It didn't work, but it still <laughs> looked good. It did look good. I'll give you that. Mm. I should I should have went down there. Maybe I could have 
gotten to the end. What do you think would have came up in your tiki head? <laughs> I don't know. You better say me. He kind of looks at you and says, maybe I already got it right now. And he kind of like turns around and goes, no, my place isn't filled with gold. Nope, didn't get it yet. <laughs> you know, me and Vic together, we were only, what, threat level 13? If if we pumped it up to 14, me and you maybe would have made it. <laughs> uh, definitely. I would just pick those golems up and throw them into the ass. I don't know why you didn't think of that. <laughs> He kind of like flexes and says, bees would have tried to sting, but my muscles would have blocked them off like armor. And they didn't have to give up. And like you, puny, and he like slams your arm, but enough to like rock you back. <laughs> hey, if I recall, you only had 140 on the punching bag. I think if I wasn't an old man, I would have matched you. <laughs> but you are an old man. You go, you're going gray already. <laughs> I like hunch over my back. Soon enough, we're going to have to throw you on dialysis it's like oh we have a psycho squad mission no he's still doing his dialysis we gotta give him another couple of hours just uh, uh work a bowstring onto my walker <laughs> we gotta figure out what's wrong with you i ain't losing this because you're gonna live faster than we can experience it had the chance the price was too high what was the price did you have to give up your algios <laughs> If only. <laughs> no. You'll never you'll never see your, your boyfriend and your sister's clothes again. You're like, no. <laughs> Does that mean you're gonna wear them again? <laughs> never. You couldn't pay me. Gosh, that's so embarrassing to walk around public. He kinda he kinda like hides his face in his hands and looks away. I had to go in public in that. Oh. Well Razaj, uh he offered a deal if uh, he he would tell us what was wrong with us if we signed some sort of soul contract to him. Soul contract? What does that even mean? He was pretty vague about the terms, really. <laughs> who can even, who can separate soul from body? We've had freaking scientists can't figure it out. Philosophers argue about it with themselves. What was he now? I was... I, I really was considering it. I mean, Vic's gonna look like Shiva sooner or later. But he... I, I was really thinking about it, but then he, then he offered to move your soul with mine. And I realized that he was just using things he thought I wanted to get me to agree. Besides, I, I couldn't make that decision without you. My my soul's just as much yours as it is mine. He leans his head against your head and cheek against cheek, kind of rubs his cheek against yours the way cats do. Oh, this is unreal. I feel like tomorrow I'm going to wake up and be back in an empty bed back in the school. Yeah, that wouldn't be so bad. Maybe then I'd walk through the front door. <laughs> Listen, I'm happy with you now. Listen, when you first walked in there, I didn't have the best first impression of you. What? Why? Come on. I mean... Let's not talk about this. Maybe I should have brought this up. <laughs> so, uh, how about that uh, the hot dog, huh? <laughs> kind of turns around and he kind of leans back on under the windowsill with his elbows. You need to get a punching bag in this place. Either that'll just string you up from the ceiling. Hey, you got all the money. You're not sharing, apparently. <laughs> I only made like, just 200 gold. No worries about it. No, no reason to check up and see if that's the accurate number. Just, uh, <laughs> You just believe that. So I expect 100 golds worth of algios. <laughs> well, I suppose you did help me earn the money by risking your neck. I suppose I can afford getting a box of algios. But anything that has bready the bread thing on it is just out of the question. Don't try and get me that store brand knockoff either. Okay, no generics. You know, if tomorrow everything changes, if tomorrow we get sent out on some suicide mission and I have to watch you die and get shredded up myself by Comet or whatever comes next. At least I had tonight. I smile and nuzzle him. 
At least I found what I've been looking for. You know, we we better die early because if, like, we live 20, 30, 40 years together and I start finding all the quirks with you, it's going to be a prom. You know, it's just I'd rather keep the illusion that you're perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That you have no flaws. Wait, so what happened to the first impression of me? So my first, your first impression was that I was perfect, right? Yes, that was it. That was my first impression. You know, you were just intimidated to approach me. I wonder if there's other people like Urizaj who know how to change things. You really want more funnel cake that bad? <laughs> just no more humans, please. So far, my interaction with humans have taught me two things. One, that they all like hats. That, I will say, though, the top hat was very interesting. And two, that they're all slimy. I agree. They get so full of themselves. Like, oh, I have magic. Look at me. Like they're above everybody else. And they're schemers all. Not unless like us proper elves. <laughs> Genuine. We have good hearts. We don't have grand conspiracies to do who knows what. Drive the city insane. I stand up straight and tall, mimicking an elf. He, like, backhands you in the stomach. Yeah, you could almost pass for an elf if you didn't have all this fur. Carry yourself a lot like somebody who only got no fur. Uh, that's how I was raised. You said your parents. Did, did they choose? I forget. No, but my... Grandfather was an elf and kept the traditions alive, and uh, my mom tried to do the same. Stand up straight, stand your ears up straight, you know, talk proper, walk proper. He takes his finger and curls one of your whiskers around and goes, what are you supposed to do with these? It wasn't about the physicality, it was about the, you know, the spirit of the thing, keeping the spirit of it alive. You know, just because we don't look like elves doesn't mean we can't carry on the good aspects of them. I don't know, what's wrong, what's so wrong with slouching? Hmm? <laughs> It's more comfortable. I never said I agreed. I think floppy ears are cute. Like it was the dog folks that got like the ears that they can't sit straight up. Well, I guess most of them grown out of it, but the little pups used to. You think your sister's ever going to take down that tower? And you, he looks back out the window where you can see the tower stretching up into the sky beyond the platform up into the upper platform. I don't. Do I think she'll win the court case? Eventually. Do I think that'll matter? No. Obviously the word of law doesn't matter here. Where are we going to go next? We're all going to go underground? We're going to build boats and live on them? Well, apparently the oceans are incredibly dangerous. <laughs> yeah. At least one very specific spot I wouldn't like to go back to. Yeah, we can always keep building up, I guess. I'm not a fan of water. And the idea of those bulkheads closing behind us gave me... You uh, volunteered us for that! Doesn't mean I had to like it. <laughs> I do a lot of things because it could help others. Doesn't mean I want to be happy if it goes bad. That's why That's why I do it. I, I picture myself in their scenario. How much I'd hate it. How much... How terrible it'd be, and some, I would want somebody to come and get me out of it, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but I don't know if it'd want it to be me. <laughs> Sometimes it's, who else? If everybody thinks like that, then nobody's going to come walking in, huh? Couldn't believe how easy it was for Sinclair to just sacrifice himself like that. I didn't know those men long, but to do something like that, the bond between them must have been incredible. That's... <laughs> It sounds so stupid to say now, but that's one of the things I kind of respected about uh, about Hope. She seemed, seemed like loyal, like when she picked an ally, she picked an ally. I don't know what war Sinclair and Elson and all those other guys saw or what happened that brought them together like that. I wonder if we had spent just one more week with Hope or fought another battle with her. She would have thought twice before banning us in the middle of the night. You no, know, I thought the same, but she's pathetic. She's just too stupid to see that her dad's the same person, but she'll just smile and go along with it as long as he calls her princess. Makes me sick. Guess you can't breathe the human out of people. Guess not. Even her catfolk genes can't uh, erase that. I wonder what it was like to fight those things, that dragon. Imagine having to fight more than one of them. Maybe that's what we're missing here. Maybe we just need a good war to thin out the herd. Then we wouldn't have any more population problems. Then we'd all be so close to each other, we wouldn't throw conspiracies to drive each other insane. That is the darkest thing I've ever heard you say. (laughs) But I mean, 
the sides just aren't clearly defined. It's always been our opposition's greatest strength. There's there's no line to cross. There's no clear definition for what's against us. I don't think there ever are any lines. Remember when we went to that restaurant? We had all, there was all those statues everywhere. Yeah, I think truth is like one of those those sculptures. One perspective is is never enough for true understanding. Right and wrong are not what separate us and our enemies. It's our different standpoints, our perspectives that separates us. Both sides blame each other. There's no good or bad side, just two sides holding different views. I don't believe in my heart that Solzhenitsyn, Locke, whoever the chairman is, that even even Baron himself are just evil people that want to do evil things because that's what makes them smile. They think what they're doing is right. They think it's worth it. Just like I think it'd be worth it to jump in front of the bullet to keep it out of somebody else. They think it's worth firing it. I wish we could figure out what it is that drove them, what it is they're they're going towards. What are they driving the city mad? Just like the war thing. They're driving the city mad so that we start killing each other and we thin the herd and now population problem isn't enough. At least I could understand that if that's what they're doing. It's crazy and it needs to be stopped. And I think that that's where you begin to see what is right and wrong with lines. I don't know. It would be a lot easier if they all just were clockwork. <laughs> I mean, they have a they had a whole ocean to go air out the crystal and they put it in the middle of the city. How is that not malicious? I just don't get why we're so caught up in it. Like, <laughs> you want to hear what I really believe? I really believe that even even if we survive and we earn our way off a of psycho squad, it's just going to be something else and something else after that. I don't think we're going to get too many nights like this. There's something that's after us and it's just not letting us go. And I just wish it picked somebody else. Would you pawn this off on someone else? Maybe we're just the only people that can handle it. Yeah, we're doing a bang-up job. <laughs> You're missing an ear. You're missing 20 years of your life. Victor's missing a good number of body parts. I'm missing all my friends. Yeah, we're doing a bang-up job. Maybe tomorrow we can be conscripted into somebody else's army and do their little job. You're making the home world not sound not so bad. <sighs> can you imagine being in the home world? I understand why that was Victor's dream. Being away from all this. Look at this. And he looked at the city. Looks so beautiful and peaceful from up here, but as soon as you get ground level, then it starts to stink. So many people in one spot. Imagine having rooms to spread out, seeing a forest. One that isn't trying to kill you. That has no bees. Zero bees. Well, it lives someplace there's no bees. But, ah, you know, Kadesh isn't all bad just because the leaders suck. I mean, look at all the all the things that we casually do every day that people in the homeworld would consider miracles. Over-the-counter prescription medicine? Come on. You got the measles and you died. Lanris, it isn't the, it's not the Sanhedrin that make this place bad. It's us. You go down there, it's not the Sanhedrin beating some punk in the corner because they happened to walk down the wrong alley and didn't have a gun on them to protect themselves. It's just another guy. Do you think that's different in the whole world? We're st- we're just as much elf as we were. Do you think the elvish cities are different? You think there's no dark tree-covered alleyway where someone's getting beat up? Let's not ignore all the clockwork running around. I wish we can go back to our homeworld, not Hope's homeworld. Her times are more depressing than ours. You mean when we were slaves? <laughs> uh, there's no place away from here that's gonna fix our problems. There's no time in the past we can go back to where it's gonna be pristine and perfect. We gotta make that. I just don't see how we can. You know who's got it right? The single lamest person I know. Victor. That boy gets contentment out of one thing and one thing alone. And Kentaro turns to you and pulls you close. He has found the one person that made him happy no matter where he is. Maybe that's just enough for me. I'm glad I can be your paradise. He puts his forehead against your forehead and looks in your eyes. He puts his hand over your heart. 
I love you very much. I like cup his cheeks, like the bottom of his head. I love you too, Kentaro. You open your eyes and your beeper's going off and off and off and you stumble and you turn it off and you look at the time. You've gotten about eight hours sleep. It's in the morning. But you're called to the Psycho Squad office. Another assignment. At least he gave us uh, enough time to sleep. Yeah, this time. Wonder what's going on now. Cat folk stuck in a funnel cake tree. <laughs> you guys get all dressed and head off to your... The PlayStation? Yes, but I want to make a stop by the um, the shop first to grab those two holy symbols. Okay, yep, the guy gives them to you. And then I, I head off to the um, to the police station. You guys head over to the police station, you get up. You, you always go to your locker room first. And there's just a note on your locker that says, my office now. Mm, well, that's interesting. All right, I guess we'll head to Hannibal's office. You go there and it, it kind of reminds you of the first time that you had met Captain DeWitt. This is the, the chairs there, you guys all kind of sheepishly sit in them and hannibal opens his drawer pulls out a perfectly quartered folded paper and he presses it onto the table and he slides it to you and you see it's the paper you wrote to him about the insanity and predicting what's going to happen next and he looks at you and he folds his hands and he says i'm listening Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. Your players have been Christian and Tim, and Caleb has been your GM. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.